Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. So today's episode is about inbox, and quite honestly, one of my very least favorite inboxes is mealtime. It always seems to be chaotic and confusing, and there's so many things happening at every one of the meals. So I have an incredible guest here today who's going to talk to us about how to make the mealtimes a little bit easier. So Teresa, hi, how are you? I'm so glad you're here. Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Why don't you start a little bit about who you are, where you come from, how you do life? Sure. I am uh, born and raised Arizona native, and I'm hard-pressed to leave. (laughs) I actually come from a big family, so I'm one of five kids. So it was always crazy in my household. I'm married, and I have three adorable Pomeranians, and I have been a chef for majority of my life, and I've always loved cooking. So... That's what I'm super passionate about. That's awesome. We don't have that in common. I don't like to cook. I, I don't like the whole process of food, quite honestly. It's always been really cumbersome for me. So I'm always looking for ways to simplify it, make it a little bit more enjoyable. And I think we'll dig into some of those pieces today. So maybe start with a little bit about why you got into food. Tell me your story about like how you fell in love. Sure. It started when I was really little. I was very blessed that my mom, she loved cooking and she would let me come in the kitchen with her when I was tiny. I pulled the chair and be next to her cooking. So I know a lot of my love comes from that because I understand the aspect of cooking can be a burden. It can be daunting. It can be this whole other dynamic. And for me, I associate, associate the cooking with a lot of fond memories with my mom. And I just knew since I was little, that's what I wanted to do. I did programs in high school. I went to culinary school and I actually specialized in being a pastry chef at first. And as I've gotten older, I've fallen deeper in love with cooking over the pastry. So I like to do both, but I love cooking. Pastry is super detail oriented. And Mm -hmm. as you get older and your life grows and expands, you're like, okay, too many little details for this. So I love cooking because you can have a little bit more of a fluid flow with that. Why do you think so many people either love or hate cooking? It's no one ever says, eh, it's either I love it. I'm a foodie. I'm all about it. Or I'm not a cook. I don't want to do it. Someone else could. What do you think that is? Like, why do we have this separation between us? Yes. Most of the time, and I'm not saying all the time, most of the time, the folks that I talk to that are like, gosh, I just hate it. They're like, I don't know how to do it. I mess everything up. Mm -hmm. I'm so bad in the kitchen. I can't even boil water. I just never learned it growing up. And they're like, so for me, since I don't feel comfortable in the kitchen, it's something I just don't enjoy at all. I just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I notice that a lot of times when folks say, oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. 
it's a point of creativity for them. Maybe it's something that they did when they were younger with their families. And so again, they have those memories associated with it and it's a release. So I can see both sides for sure. Yeah, there might be some truth in that. I don't like to be wrong. I like, I'm an accountant, right? I like black and white. I like numbers. I like things to balance, debits and credits. And cooking for me is always, is that right? I don't know. And then trying to make it happen exactly the same way the next time. It doesn't always work out for me. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's a (laughs) maybe personality type, maybe history, maybe both. (laughs) And growing up, my mom didn't cook. I grew up in the 90s where both of them were working. There were no cell phones. So how the hell they got anything done, I have no idea. But dinner was always something that was just like on the fly, trying to just get it done. And I'm sure we had dinner time that was a little bit more organized than I was aware of as a kid. But I don't have a lot of memories of them cooking. Maybe I wasn't in the room when it happened or whatever. So I think part of it may just be the way that my family was done, too. But it's interesting. Yeah, I think so, too. So talk about, so for me, food is just something that I have to put in my body. It's just fuel. I have to have it. I get a little crazy. I actually haven't eaten yet today. So you never know what you're going to get from me. It's 1.15 right now at time of this recording. I may get hangry by the end of the episode. No one knows. Like you. (laughs) My husband is always, Teresa, you need to eat. You get hangry. (laughs) So So. I went to girl. (laughs) So how does it become part of culture and language and art? It is really an emotional thing for many people. It is, yes. And one thing that I do love so much about food is how diverse it is. There's so many different styles, so many different flavors. The culture is amazing. You just think about the different regions and the type of food that they had on hand and how they created these things and how it's constantly changing and evolving. Like I said, I find food to be extremely creative. So Mm -hmm. it brings out like that different little spark of creativity. And I think that's probably... The most interesting thing, I just, I love watching all the different people come up with different renovations of the dishes. I think that is so awesome. When you take a side and just say, okay, so the cooking part, I don't enjoy that, but you try to dive into, this is so unique and I love these flavors and I love trying a little bit of this and finding that love for it. That kind of builds on the comfort of enjoying the time in the kitchen a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think the history of food and culinary in general is, is really fascinating. So when I was writing my book, there's a part of Efficiency Bitch where I talk about feminism and how things have shifted, particularly in the United States over the last hundred years was where I focused. And one thing that kept coming up was food and the way women in particular managed food, not just that they were the primary ones preparing the food, but going back to before they had refrigerators, right? Refrigerators are not that old. And there was just, you went, you walked to the market, maybe rode a bicycle and you got today's supplies or maybe breakfast supplies today because then it would perish. There was no preservatives. There was no refrigerator to keep it. And then it evolved with the icebox and they could put a little bit in an icebox and preserve maybe yesterday's leftovers. And then, and those were full-time jobs. Cause can you imagine like having to go to the grocery store for fresh ingredients every day forever, full-time jobs. And then the invention of the refrigerator shows up and not only the invention, but the cost effectiveness for it was in most families, right? Cause the refrigerator showed up, but it, it was a while before everybody had one. The marketing efforts that kicked in 
for women in particular about all the stuff you should have at your home and all the options you should be creating. And now your meals shouldn't just be this. They should be this, right? They should have all these different sides to it. So one, the history of it is so interesting to me and the marketing efforts that come with it from large food distributors is also something. I often tell people that I think the idea of a sit-down dinner is a great idea in theory, but I also think it's a tremendous marketing effort <laughs> to force everybody. Yeah, it's an overwhelming, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, here, make all this food and then it gets thrown away or some of it gets thrown away. People, Some people are really good at leftovers. Some people hate them. I have two kids that hate leftovers. They won't touch them. Unfortunately, my husband will. So we're good. <laughs> we're good with that. It's it's an interesting thing to look at about the way it's represented in the United States. And if you go back to other cultures, Italy comes to mind instantly when people think about big families and food and Greece. Food is a central part of their love language for a lot of people. Do you have any tips for those of us who maybe don't see food as anything more than fueling our bodies? Yes, absolutely. And honestly, I have to, as a chef, I have to be completely honest with you. I do this in my day to day. When I get home, the last thing that I want to do is cook. Mm -hmm. So it's all about how can I create this meal as quickly as possible without any drag out, any being exhausted and frustrated along the way. So I, this is a great question. There are two things that I really love to recommend. Make sure that you try and plan your meals ahead of time. I know we're busy, things are always going on, but if you can plan your meals the weekend before the week starts and you're like, okay, I picked five really simple dishes or even if it's three or four simple dishes that I'm going to do this week, I'm going to buy all of the stuff and we're just going to stick to the plan and they're going to take me 20 minutes to get them done. That relieves so much tension the day of when it's time to start cooking. The second thing is there's a couple products that I love that have made cooking so much faster and amazing. If you can get them, I'm a big fan of the air fryer mm-hmm. or the Instapot because it will cut your time in half. For example, Brent and I, like I said, we've got long schedules. We get home. We want to do something fast. We threw salmon in the air fryer last night. It took seven minutes and then we made a salad on the side. Quick 20 minute meal. Then you don't feel like it's such a chore. You're just getting it done. You're getting nourished. You're getting what you need and you can move on with your life. So Mm -hmm. those are a couple that I like to do. And planning ahead of time is huge. Yeah, I agree completely. I learned this tip many years ago. I wish I could remember who taught it to me, but to, to shop my pantry first, because I will do this a lot. I'll have stuff because of preservatives and refrigerators. I have stuff that I haven't used and... I'll forget. And so I, on Sundays, I will sit down and I'll be honest, my husband does most of this now, but many years ago, not that many, two years ago, I was the one doing all of it. I'd sit down and say, okay, what do we have? What do we need? I keep some things like in a stockpile in a separate freezer. I guess that's the benefit of having a hunter husband because we always seem to have extra stuff in the freezer. But shopping what I have at home has always been really important to me to save money and time and effort. Sometimes you have three meals, you don't even realize it in your pantry and can put that together. But if you try to find it when you're hungry on a Wednesday night, chances are good you're just going to end up at the drive through and that's no good for anybody. And then I really like the meal subscription boxes and things like that, like HelloFresh, those types of things have always worked really well for me. 
And I know you're doing some work like that with Sweet Moments. So maybe talk a little bit about like the evolution of how your business came to be and how you decided to help families learn to cook together. Yes, absolutely. Sweet Moments Company, my husband and I started that a few years back. And I've been a chef instructor for over 12 years. And that is probably the most rewarding aspect of my career, being able to connect with people and share some knowledge and see them grow and develop. And so this was a natural fit starting to do the virtual classes. Our neighborhood actually came to us and asked if we would do it because this was during COVID and no one was going out. And we're like, yeah, but let's step it up. Let's go to the grocery store for them. We'll portion everything out. So all they have to do is get on and have fun. They don't have to do the shopping. They don't have to do the portioning because that is half the battle. That's what takes all this time is getting it all prepared and procuring the ingredients. So we started doing that and uh, we do the classes online with Zoom so they can ask questions along the way. They tear open the little packets that are sent to them. They dump it in and it gives them such a successful and rewarding outcome. And you see so many people who have come on. They said, oh, my gosh, I'm so bad at cooking. I don't like cooking, but this was wonderful. And it made everything so streamlined. I felt so successful in the kitchen. So that's what we love. That makes us so happy to hear. And so I'm a big fan of like meal kits and things like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So are you shipping just in Arizona or is it, are you going shipping everywhere at this point? Yeah, anywhere in the United States we ship to. We've done some in Canada and we've had some like cookie decorating classes that we shipped all the way to the UK. So it's been awesome. When I first found out about you, it was during COVID and you were cooking some lemon ricotta cookies, I think. And we had a blast. I was, and the food was delicious and I made it, which is incredible, but we did it with the kids and we really enjoyed it. So what you're doing is working and I'm so glad that it's continued through COVID. And that's, that's really great. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Maybe share with the audience where people can find you, how they can connect and how they can learn more about Sweet Moments Company. Yes, absolutely. We do have a website that you can visit, smcoaz.com. You can find us just Googling Sweet Moments Company. You'll learn a little bit more about us. We are on social media as well. So if you're a social media fan, you can find us on there. And if anyone ever needs anything, they ever want some tips and tricks for cooking, feel free to email me. I am more than happy to respond to that and uh, give you some little pointers here and there. Super good. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening today. Thanks for coming by. If you have been part of the Beehive for a while, I'm glad you came back. If you're brand new here, make sure you have subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. Until then, I'm your host, Melissa Liam. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya!